Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. Welcome to Combat Sports Radio. I am your host, Rob Aguilar. Thank you very much for tuning in. Today on the show, we have Olympic boxing medalist Marlene Esparza. Marlene, how are you? Yeah, how are you doing? <laughs> Good, Marlene. Thank you for taking time from your schedule to join us today. You're working on a, an exercise video? Oh, yeah. I already finished that. I just finished that. So I'm training in Colorado Springs uh, for competitions for the rest of the year. And uh, I have to fly in and out of town for like, work and, and stuff like that. So I was in L.A. Uh, a few days ago uh, shooting a boxer size video. I and uh, I just got here. On Sunday. I saw that. And you stayed at a, at a haunted hotel. <laughs> yeah. Well, we didn't know it was haunted. It's like a really old hotel, I think. And, uh, well, I know it's really old. I think they're like 90 years old or something. And uh, we were staying there, and it was pretty creepy. And uh, my strength trainer, who was with me helping me shoot the video, he looked it up, up and found out that, like, it was haunted. We got, like, freaked out. And I was like... Yeah, I was scared. I was nervous. <laughs> that kind of stuff. There's uh, tons of stories online uh, about that hotel. And I don't know if, if someone died there or someone got murdered there or something. A lot of other celebrities that have stayed there complain that they can't sleep. Did you actually see anything? No, I didn't see anything. Like, I didn't want to see anything, so I didn't go looking. But <laughs> I was, like, really... I stayed in the room and just, like... I tried to sleep, but there was one night that I literally, like, I really couldn't sleep, so I stayed up, like, trying to watch movies and stuff, <laughs> so, and I sleep a lot, so it's rare, but I was, like, pretty nervous. I don't like haunted stuff or ghosts or anything like that. I don't, I can't handle that kind of stuff. Have you ever seen a ghost ever or experienced anything like that before? Well, growing up, my dad's house is haunted, so I don't, that's why I don't like that kind of stuff, so I feel like I have seen stuff. And I just get, like, really bad nightmares. But my dad's house growing up was always, like, pretty creepy. So that's why I don't like, I don't watch scary movies or I don't try to scare myself. <laughs> or like that. Yeah, no, I, I don't like that stuff either. Is that where you grew up? Your dad's house that's haunted? Is that Actually, yeah, I don't really uh, tell people too much about it. But it's pretty, it was pretty freaky growing up. And it's still, it's still pretty scary, like, spending the night there and stuff like that. So I'm wow. used to it now. I, I grew, I've been in the same house uh, since I was, like, two or something. Wow. And I barely started living on my own. I saw this picture that you posted on on Instagram when you were when you were a little girl, and um, <laughs> you look you look just like Dora the Explorer. So how does cute, adorable little girl who looks like Dora the Explorer get into such a rough and tough sport? How did it start? I, I'm because of that picture. I'm seriously convinced that someone saw me and really did think of Dora because I look exactly. Like Dora the Explorer, but I started even at that age when that picture came out. I was already watching boxing then. Growing up, uh, my dad would go out of town for for work. He used to be a welder, and so he would go out of town for like three months on a job, and then come back for like a month or two months, be back for like a week, stuff like that. So when he was home, I would always spend a lot of time, and that's what we did. We used to watch boxing. It was it was just a thing that we did, and I grew up around it since I could remember. He used to make me and my little brother fight and stuff like that in, like, the living room. And I just thought it was normal. And is your brother younger or older? My little brother is younger. He's two years younger than me. And um, he was actually started boxing. That's how I started boxing. But my dad wanted my older brother and my younger brother to go to the gym, to the boxing gym. 
so he, I used to go with my dad, like drop them off, and I would ask him and ask him if he would let me go, and he would say no. My brothers were in and out of gyms for about two years before he let me try, and um, I had asked my dad if I could please try that I would take care of my little brother if I could go, and mm. so it was more like a babysitting job, and then my little brother stopped boxing, maybe like two or four months after, and uh, I kept going, and, and then I just never stopped. So, obviously, even before you got into the gym and stuff, you'd beat him up at home. Yeah, we used to go at it. Before I even knew anything about boxing, we really used to beat each other up. I can't really say who won, but <laughs> I just know that we would swing a lot, and, and we really would hit each other. But I didn't start, like, actually knowing what I was doing at least two years into, like, going to the gym. So, we would we would definitely, like, fight each other all the time. You probably had, like, maybe some natural skill, and then you, you start improving... When do you say, you know what, I kind of want to pursue this uh, on a competitive level and get really into it? I, th- I think I was always really into it, um, and I didn't see it as, like, I was going to stop. I never pictured myself stopping. But when I actually realized, I thought, like, I was like, oh, man, like, I can, like, do really good, was I was 16, and I had just won my first national, and I was 16, and I made the age deadline by, like, three days. And um, I was supposed to go to Argentina. It was supposed to be my first international tournament. Wow. And uh, they called me, and they were like, um, this never has happened before, but you're too young to go. You have to be 17. So you qualified our age deadline, but you're not going to be old enough to leave the country with the team by the time the, I think it was like a continental tournament. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, man, like, I'm on the USA team, and I'm too young to even travel with them. That's crazy. And that's when I was kind of like, okay, I think. I can probably do this for, like, ever. So it was, like, love instantly. Like, you loved the sport from the beginning. Oh, I loved it way before I started doing it. My dad, like, I had to literally beg my dad for a really, really long time for him to, like, let me try it. He didn't, he really didn't believe for a long time that it was, even when I was already boxing, he didn't believe that it was really for women um, at all because he was so into the sport. And he's, you know, he's from Mexico. He's really Hispanic. I have a, you know, a traditional Hispanic dad, you know, no shorts, you know, no wow. dresses, no no tank tops, no makeup, that kind of stuff. So uh, to be boxing, he didn't really, he wasn't really for it for, for a long time. When does he get behind you and say, you know what, you got something here, you got a talent. And then when did he say, I completely support you and let's, let's go full force with this? always was like had my back like he always was like okay you know if you want to go to this tournament this is what you want to do and if I like I was showing him I was at the gym every day and I was really focused so he would pay and you know he would come up with the money Uh but he wasn't really like oh my god you're gonna be you're amazing so probably like my third or fourth national tournament and then um when I started when I won at the because I was naturally 106 pounder I'm naturally really small and I have to, like, lift a lot of weight to just keep my weight up. Mm-hmm. So when I was, when I won the 112 division, uh, when they let us in the games, they let us in the games 2009. Well, I spent all 2009 gaining weight, and in 2010 I competed for the first time at the Olympic weight. And when I won that, he was just, he just looked crazy after that, like, 100%, like, we're going to, like, win everything, and you're going to win everything. Wow. So, because uh, it, was, it was a little, it was it was rough getting through that, that transition. And I think once I got through that, he wasn't, he was always supportive, but he was more, like, he believed in me, like, no matter what, after that, like, that's it, we're going to win, and 
you're going to be the best and you're amazing, that kind of thing. He was really, really pumped after that. It's got to be an amazing feeling to, to have your, your dad recognize and say, wow, my daughter's got this amazing skill and we're going to win it all. So we fast forward to qualifying for the Olympics and you have an important place in history because you are the first American woman to qualify. What does that feel like? Yeah, and I mean, that was probably one of my, I would say that was the highlight, one of the highlights of, of everything I've done. And a lot of people, they know that I was the first to qualify, but what a lot of people don't know is that for a while, for about a month and a half, I was the only girl on the team because Clarissa Shields, who got a gold medal, and Queen, uh, they were, technically, they didn't qualify for the game. We had a place in the top eight uh, in the world, and both of them lost at the world and didn't qualify top eight. So they got handpicked by the USOC uh, and the IOC, and we had to put like we had to put them in, and, and they got picked. So for a while, I was like the only girl uh, legitimately on the team, and and so that was just really proud because I see everybody and all the stuff everybody has to go through and all everything it takes. You know, there's a lot of people. You know, there was a lot of people crying. It was it was it was rough to get into the game. So I was really proud of myself on on that note that I that I did it and I didn't have to worry about am I in or am I not in. I didn't have to worry about that leading up to the game. So it was. I think it was one of the best things that like I did for myself as far as like confidence. Huge accomplishment. Qualifying, you had to go up against your own teammates. Oh yeah. What is that like? Yeah, no. It's bad. I mean, for boxing, everybody says, okay, boxing is like the hardest sport, period. You know, professional, amateur, you know, it doesn't matter, which I I agree 100%. Boxing is really hard. But the way that they do it for us to get into the Olympics, it's, it's even more difficult than the other sports because only one person can go from each weight class. And then for the women, um, there's only three weight classes, and there's still only going to be three weight classes in Rio. Mm -hmm. So leading up to this, this past game, and it's about to happen again uh, starting in January, but leading up to this last game, there was it was originally 101, 106, 110, 114, 119, 125, and a lot of those, all those girls, the majority of 125 merged into the the 112 weight class. Mm -hmm. It was girls that had been on the team for a long time. I remember Cheryl Houlihan was like a five-time or six-time national champion. Then we had like Sacred Downing, she like from New Jersey, and she was also like a few-time world champion, continental champion. We had, a, you know, a world bronze medalist. We had a really good friends because we had traveled together for a long time, and, and then we had it for one spot. So, you know, there was a lot of friendships broken. A lot of people didn't talk anymore, and you know, it got it got really serious because everybody was just trying to get into the game. So it was, yeah, it was a really difficult process. I think, like, for boxing and emotionally and, and everything uh, to to get there. That's got to be tough when they tell you, well, you know what, you got to go against so and so, and they happen to be your friend, and you got to go, yeah. you got to go and beat them. That's intense. And once you're there, you know, you're there at the Olympics. You're representing your country and the entire planet their eyes are on you and you win a bronze medal and you bring that medal home that's got to be amazing yeah i know the game the game was like a really intense intense period for me period um going into the games uh leading up to the games i was a little bit more calm 
but then I started uh, with all the sponsors that I had, and then um, everybody was really pumped, like, that's the first time you guys are in, the first time you guys are in, and then, you know, I was having commercials, and, and then everything kind of started getting crazy, and I, I didn't realize what I was doing until I was there. You know, I was like, okay, you know, okay, I'll take this, or I'll do this, and it's part of the game, it's part of the Olympics. But once I got to, like, London training, because we trained about two months in, in London, and um, we were training for a really long time, and everything was, like, uh, getting pretty intense, and I was really nervous, because I was like, oh, man, I didn't even realize I dug myself into this big hole, and everybody's watching me now. And uh, it was really nerve-wracking for me because of all the commercials and the sponsors, and and, the, and the, I, all of a sudden I had fans, and I was like, "What?" It, it was it was strange. It was like a 180 uh, overnight. And when I won, uh, to, when I won and I got on the podium, it was like a big relief because I was like, "Okay, at least I know that I'm bringing something home," because the men had already, you know, mm-hmm. not done so well. So that helped. But I, you know, I was, I was really disappointed uh, with the loss that I that I had because it was two points and it was really close and was I thought close. I would have done way better with England. Very close. I, I saw the fight and, and uh, it was extremely close. It actually, in my opinion, could have gone either way. And I thought you won, in, in my opinion. Yeah, it, it's a, it, those are the kind of fights that you know, if I would have won, I would have been. If I would have won, I would have said, you know, I'm glad I won, but it was really close. And then if I would have lost, I couldn't complain. So I was thinking the same thing uh, before. I actually was thinking in my mind just from the points that I know, how I know boxing, I thought it was going to be a 10-10, mm-hmm. and I thought that I was going to win a, a punch count. Mm-hmm. But uh, when I lost, and I, and I lost by two points, I just, you know, it was just something that didn't happen, and, you know, I should have picked it up a little. I could have caught my rhythm a little earlier, so it was completely my fault. But it was something that it took me a long time to swallow. I think I just stopped crying about it when I talked about it wow. two months ago. Yeah, it took me a long time to get over it, but um, I'm still really happy about, you know, getting there and doing what I did, and I, I think it's a learning lesson. I'm still, you know, I'm still pretty young, and they changed the point system, and this time it's going to be in Brazil, so it's going to be, like, on, on our side of the world, mm-hmm. which I'm a, a lot more happy about, and um, I just, you know, I, I think it put a lot more confidence in me because I won't have to be so nervous this time. Last time I didn't know what to expect, and... and uh, you know, it, it it is what it is. I'm a, I'm a little bit more happy about it now that I, that I was before. That, that's fantastic. Now, the, the sponsorships, does that add more pressure to having to perform to a certain level because you have all these sponsorships and all these uh, eyes on you and everyone recognizes you now and they expect a lot, I guess, from you because of that? Is that- oh, oh, my God, it was so bad. It was so bad. I, I, to be honest with you, um, I didn't realize, you know, I didn't think that through. I didn't think, if I take this, if I take this, if I take this, that's more attention, more attention. I just thought, oh, that's fun, that's exciting, that's something that, like, no one, like, I was just, you know, ecstatic about, like, all the stuff that was happening to me. But then once I got to the game, and it was like, okay, it's time to fight, and it's time for you to, like, win, that's when I was like, oh, my God, like, what was I thinking to do <laughs> all that stuff? Um, so, yeah, it was a little nerve-wracking, but I would definitely do it all over again. I think I'd rather have that kind of pressure than not have it. Right. It, gives, it gets me excited. But, yeah, it, it was a lot It was a lot harder for me, I think, uh, because people that had a lot, I think I had a lot more expectations than other people did. And, in, in like, as far as, like, people knowing and, and people paying attention, 
I think there's still people who think that, like, I got a gold medal or something because they see so much of me. And and it's, it's, it's kind of crazy when people don't really watch the sport or know about the sport. They just automatically think things. So that's kind of, like, where I'm at. I know that I always need to, like, show up and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. if I have a bad day, I hear about it forever. Wow. So I have to always make sure that I'm prepared. One of the things that you did that I know a lot of people, and especially the guys, enjoyed very much was the uh, ESPN body issue. <laughs> yeah, I did the ESPN body. That was, uh, I didn't expect it to be as, as uh, I didn't expect it to get as much as attention as it did. I didn't think too much of it. Um, I was nervous doing it and it was, it was crazy, but I, I liked the issues and I, and I think to, to be asked to do it with all the amazing athletes that are in there, it was just something that I didn't want to like pass up. And uh, I didn't expect it to get as much attention as it did, though. And so that was crazy. Because I usually, I've never, I never, like, I always have, I'm always fully clothed. Like, I, I don't wear even shorts when I work out and stuff. So a lot of people are really surprised. There's people that know me, too, who work out with me, guys on the team and, and girls on the team. And they're like, oh, my God, I didn't even know your body, like, looked like that. And I was like, yeah, it's just, I'm always... You know, I always, I always work out with a lot of clothes on, just to, like, lose weight and, and that kind of stuff. So, um, people were even asking, like, did they, did they Photoshop? And I was like, I wish they would have Photoshopped more, but, um, yeah, it was pretty intense after, after that. I got a lot of, a lot of publicity for that. And growing up with, um, like you said, your dad being conservative and strict, what did he think? Did he look at the magazine? Yeah, he, I, he didn't look at the magazine. What happened with that was they asked me, I got uh, I got asked to do the issue in April, and I was at my national tournament uh, for 2013. They had asked me, they had uh, came up and asked me if I would talk to them about it. And at first, I was like, no, you know, I'm not going to do it. And the public relations for USA Boxing was like, I just think it's a good idea, and, it, and they're not going to do it in a, like, a bad manner, and it's, it's really tasteful, and it's celebration of body. And I looked at it, and I was like, you know, I'll talk to them for like 30 minutes. So I talked to them, and they explained to me, like, how we could do it so where I'm comfortable. And so finally, I talked to my friends about it, and they were like, I think you should do it. So I was like, well, my dad is going to have a heart attack. And at the time, I, I had a boyfriend also. So I did ask both of them. I was thinking if uh, my dad would, like, just know that I wasn't going to do it. Mm-hmm. So I had even told ESPN body that I had asked my dad for permission first. So we were in the car, and we were driving to, to the fight. And I was going to ask him, I was like, I'm just going to wait till after I win. So I won, and on the <laughs> way back, I was like, I won on the way back. I, I stopped the girl like, in the first, the second round. So my dad was, like, really happy, and uh, we were driving back. And I was like, so um, they asked me to do ESPN uh, body. And he was like, oh, that's good, ESPN. And, he, and I was like, no, well, I have to be nude. I was like, but you don't see anything. Like, <laughs> and I started, like, showing him, like, the stuff that I had on my phone already open. And he was just shaking his head. He was, like, going through the phone, like, shaking his head. And I was driving, and uh, he, was, my friends were in the back seat, and they were like, it's really good. And everyone was, like, trying to convince my dad. And he was like, I don't know. I, I don't I don't know. I don't think that's a good idea. I don't know. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I gave him a little while, and I asked him again. And I was like, it's a really good, like, opportunity. Like, you just take off for the team. I was like, There's, you can't see anything. It's really nice. And he was, and I was like, it's ESPN. And they only asked a certain amount of athletes for the whole year. And he was like, well, I don't know. You're a grown-up now. But 
you know how I feel. I don't know. If you want to do it, you're grown. But I was like, okay, fine. So I did it. And when the, he, he, when the issue came out, he called me and was like, hey, I heard that you're ESPN naked, Maggie V. Came out. <laughs> I was like, it's ESPN. I was like, dad, it's ESPN body. Uh-huh. And he was like, no, I heard that you're ESPN naked, Maggie V. came out. And he was like, I was like, yeah, it came out. He's like, well, you didn't even tell me when you shot it. And I was like, well, because I know you didn't want to know. And he was like, oh, okay. I was like, do you want me to send you the pictures? And he was like, no, it's okay. I was just letting you know that it's out because my friends were telling me it was out. And I was like, oh, "Oh my God. But uh, he he was okay. He was just not, I know he didn't get it. Or it was like the first time I had done something really big and he he didn't have any part of it. Wow. So then you said you also checked in with your boyfriend at the time. He was cool with it? No, at the time, my boyfriend was just like, I'm the kind of person that um, I don't really care what people tell me to do, unless it's my dad, really. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of just, I asked him for permission, but at the same time, I was kind of like, I'm probably going to do this, so I hope you know, and I hope it's okay with you. But he was okay with it. Uh, he was like, well, you know, that's a good opportunity. But then when the magazine came out, and the issue came out, he wasn't really all that happy anymore because I think he, it was more than he expected to do. And, like, his friends were like, hey, I saw your girlfriend naked. Like, okay. Like, he got a lot of that. Wow, but that's, that's kind of uh, <laughs> Guys are just being retarded, but it was, it was funny. He didn't get upset. It was just always, like, like a, like, it was always a joke. Everybody was just playing ground. Uh, yeah, I mean, he should definitely have been proud. Let me show off my girlfriend. Look at what she looks like, you know? And, and they still really can't see anything. And the pictures, it's just kind of like a nice silhouette of your body. It, there's nothing distasteful about it. it. I would be showing it off. Look, look this is who I'm dating. You know? <laughs> so, speaking of boyfriends, do you find it hard to, to date? I mean, guys must be intimidated because, you know, you're a fighter. You could probably beat up the average guy. <laughs> yeah, no, uh... It was actually my first serious boyfriend because I never really had time to, like, date or even meet people. And um, it was, like, the first person I could, like, sell and, like, dating and we were together. But since I had to move to Colorado to train, uh, I actually broke up with him because I didn't think it was, like, a good idea to, like, have someone in Texas and be in Colorado. And I didn't want it to, like, distract me because you never know what problems are going to happen. And I didn't want to be worried about two things. I just want to worry about boxing. So I just decided to do that on my own. I mean, it wasn't an easy choice, but I want to win. So I can be single for another three years. It's not a big deal. Wow, that is tough and that is intense to just cut off a relationship and concentrate on your boxing career. Was that kind of like yeah, a sad it moment? Wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't fun. It was the, the process, because uh, he didn't understand. It's because boxing is so mental. I mean, I've been doing it so long that I, I just... I already know that. That boxing is so mental, and a lot of people who don't participate in the sport, don't pay attention to it, don't know about it. They just think that, you know, you can you can do both. And, and I, you can't. You can't. You're training all the time, and you don't have time for anything. And, and if people are upset, you don't want it to mess up the workout. And I, if I don't feel good mentally, then I don't perform well physically, and I know that about myself. So I just figured if I'm going to try it, I already know it's not going to be a good idea. And I and he didn't understand, but it was just something I knew that was right. So yeah, it wasn't a fun process, but I had to do it because I didn't want to be messing up workouts, wow. you know, over anything. You ever have second thoughts about whether that was a good idea or not? No, no, I'm, I I I have I'm 
24, I've lost since I was 11. So I know, and not necessarily to the relationship, but anything like family problems. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, when my parents were in divorce, let's say I was like arguing with my sister, I was doing bad in school. You know, anything always transitions into my, into my working out. So, you know, let's say I have a bad day and I go to the gym, it does, my mind isn't right. And, and I've learned that, um, you know, through the process of, of boxing, you know, I learned that, okay, you know, an hour before I work out, if something is wrong with me, I need to, like, learn how to shut it off. I need to zone out, I need to do something, and I need to get my people prepared just to train. And if, if it's before fight time, I don't, you know, I don't talk to a lot of people. I try to stay a lot more quiet so I don't let any uh, anything interfere with my mindset. And I just already know that if, if I was in Texas, it might have been easier, but going to a different state and leaving a lot, it's just, it's just not a smart idea if, if I want to be 100% focused. So I just, I know that that was the right thing to do. And speaking about being focused, how do you relax, let's say, the day before a fight? Like, you know, you have a big fight tomorrow. How do you relax and not be anxious and just stay calm and focused? Um, I always have, like, rituals. So here lately, probably, like, in the last, like, year or so, I, I would get my nails done and stuff like that or I'll get my hair done and just, like, hang out. I like veg out a lot. I can sit, I can sleep and watch TV for, like, hours because <laughs> I'm that person who can just, like, watch TV and not leave the room. Mm-hmm. But it's really a lot, of, a lot of that, just, like, relaxing. I don't get the massages the day before. I get a massage maybe, like, two days before uh, so my muscles have time to, like, get back to normal. And then I, I just veg out. I really don't do anything. I just watch TV. You know, I don't like to talk to people a whole lot. I just like, I watch boxing sometimes. If I feel like, man, I'm going to feel so tomorrow, I'll watch, like, I like watching Sugar Ray Leonard. If I'm finding a left-hander, I always like to watch, like, uh, Pascal Marquez, like, mm-hmm. two, three, two and three mm-hmm. are my favorites. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, I don't know, I just do different things depending on the situation. If it's a long tournament, you know, I, it, it just depends on who I'm fighting or what's going on. So I, but I, I'm very closed off though, leading up to a fight for sure. I don't really like to talk to people or, or you know, interact too much. There's a fighter that like like people around them, like to like go hang out, so they don't think about it. I'm like the opposite. I like to meditate on the idea of what I'm going to do and stuff like that. And what's going through your mind at the day of, and you're making your way to the ring, and you see the ring, you come uh, out, and you're walking down that aisle. What are you thinking? I'm always freaking out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm the person that's always freaking out. Like I'm like. It's in all honesty, and people, like, laugh at me, because they're like, why do you freak out if you always do so good? Like, you lie. I've had, like, so many people tell me, you're a liar, because you, you act like you're so nervous, and then you fight, and you're just, like, all there. But it, I think what I do uh, is, like, I freak out before I fight. That way, when I'm in the ring, I know that, you know, I've already did that. So it's, like, time to fight. And I just really, leading up to the day of the fight, I'm always, I always take like long showers. They usually take like an hour to get ready for a fight. I pray a lot. I meditate a lot. I, I try to think of all the ways that the fight could go wrong. Mm-hmm. And then I try to fix all the mistakes I could possibly make before I fight. So I must, I have, I replay the fight in my head all day long from when I wake up. Sometimes I can't sleep at night. But from when I wake up all the way till I'm getting in the ring, I, have already played the fight over and over and over in my head. Like, what could I do wrong? What could they do right? What could I do right? What they do wrong? If they do this, what am I going to do? I lose the fight sometimes. I win the fight sometimes. You know, it, it, I just really 
meditate on the fight as far as like imagination and what could happen and then by the time I'm in there you know I, I feel like I've already fought that fight like a hundred times wow. now outside of boxing what do you like to do for fun I try to I try not to eat but I, I, I'm a big eater <laughs> and that's about it I just like <laughs> we train a lot that's awesome that's <laughs> we awesome. train a whole lot so it's hard but lately I think my life starting to take a change so before I would just you know, hang out. My sister and me are really close to just like hang out and, and, you know, eat and don't really do anything too much. But now a lot of the time off that I have, I have to like work. So I do like a lot of speaking engagements now. Um, I talk to a lot of kids. I deal with, uh, you know, my sponsors and I deal with like the Boys and Girls Club a lot, the Brothers and Sisters. Uh, I'm trying to write a book and, and there's just, you know, interviews and, and things like that come up. So a lot of my free time is both like traveling and working and, and that kind of stuff. So it's either working out or working now. Or eating. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I, now, uh, I'm, a, I'm starting school here again. Uh-huh. Uh, I'll probably only do it for like a year and a half, and then it's the qualifying starting going to be like in the middle of next year for me. Mm-hmm. So um, it's... That's about it. I don't know. My life's not too exciting. That's funny <laughs> coming from you because it's extremely exciting. All these things that you have going on. There was a little controversy. I don't know if it's a controversy a couple of weeks ago uh, between you and Paola Ortiz. Uh, oh, yeah. You guys going back and forth. What was that all about? Well, I get really, uh, I got really upset because I usually don't care too much because I've heard so many stories like about people who go pro and they're like, oh, we had a post fight with Marlene and, you know, like all this stuff. But the reason I got really upset was because uh, she said it in a Mexican newspaper in Houston. Mm-hmm. Well, there's a, a Spanish newspaper in Houston. It's, a, it's one of the, it's like a chronicle for like Houstonians. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the rumbo, it's the rumbo. And they always are one of the, like they're one of the local newspapers that I always deal with. Because that's how everybody, you know, finds out what's going on a lot of the time with me. And I do, I was like, going to be stone and stuff like that. So leading up to the game, uh, they, I would, I did so many interviews with them. I must have been on the front page of Rumble like six times wow. since, since the game, since before the game uh-huh. and after. And she gets on this newspaper and she says that she, she was one of my, she was my hardest fight. And that we had a fight, or we had two fights or something, we only fought one. We had two fights, and they were both really close. And that the only reason she didn't go to the Olympics was because she wasn't a citizen. So pretty much saying that she would have gone to the Olympics if she was a citizen. Which was like, I don't even think she's won a national tournament. I don't even think she's won a state tournament. So I was just really mad because she completely lied, like 100%, to a fan base who's been backing me since before the Olympics. And then they were probably thinking, well, who is this girl? You know, like they probably thought she was being honest. So I didn't, I didn't like that at all because it was some, it was a, to me, it was like a fan base that has had my back and sure. um, who, you know, appreciate me. And then they, you know, you're telling lies to them, and I just, I just didn't like it. So I had to like let her know that I, that I knew what was going on. Yeah. It almost sounds like she was trying to use your name to maybe get a little bit of publicity for her. That yeah, was- you know, that could have been cool. She could have said, like, we fought or something. And, you know, it was a good fight. If she didn't want to say that, I wouldn't even have gotten that. But to say, like, oh, I would I would have gone to the Olympics, but, you know, I didn't sit on last year. And it's kind of mm-hmm. like, hey, sorry for my language now, but you just, like, shit on everything I did. Sure, sure. You know, because you wanted to. So 
I, I was pretty upset, yeah. You also had, a, I guess, a little thing back and forth with uh, Ava Knight. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I can't. Uh, Ava Knight is what... I, people don't really get under my skin too much because, you know, I like I said, I, I've been boxing for so long. I've heard so many stories and so many people, you know, leading up to the games. I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that, and nobody does it. So I'm used to, like, ignoring a lot of stuff that's thrown at me from my weight class. But Ava Knight is one of the rare people who, you know, she, she really pissed me off um, because there's, we can't do anything about it right now. Mm-hmm. And I sparred Ava Knight. I, well, I've known Ava Knight since, like, 2007 because mm-hmm. she went to the Nationals and um, and actually got, she got beat pretty bad by a girl who, uh, by a girl who couldn't, who, Cheryl Houlihan, who I told you, was like a seven-time national champion or six mm-hmm. at the time. She didn't, she didn't make it. She lost. She lost to a girl that I beat, and um, and then she went pro. Ava Knight went pro because she didn't, she couldn't win at the national. So she went pro and she did, started doing really good. But every girl in the United States knows that the amateurs, I mean, the pros aren't really as good as amateurs. A lot of the professionals that we see doing really well are girls that we saw in the amateurs who couldn't beat us. So she was doing really good, and we were friends. And I sparred her two times before the Olympics, and I. I literally, I, I played with her for both times I played with her. And uh, she got upset because I said something on Twitter the wrong way. I don't know. She was, like, she was checking my tweets, and she didn't like something I said. So she started, like, harassing me for, like, the oh longest. Yeah, and I left her alone because I have a lot of, like, a lot of young girls on my page, a sure. lot. That's mm-hmm. probably the majority of, of my fans is, like, a lot of, like, really young girls. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to, like, get all crazy anything on on the internet mm-hmm. so I left it alone and she was like tweeting Andre Ward and Berto and she was like tweeting like um, Victor Ortiz and, oh. and telling them that like I was disrespecting women's boxing and she was writing like uh, pay, like boxing pages and telling them that I like I said all this stuff that I didn't even say so I left it alone and I went to California in uh, January to train for my nationals, which was in April. And when I was in California, she was like, you know, 30 minutes from where I was training. So I told her, like, I didn't tell you anything when you were harassing me like two months ago, but now I'm like in California, so why don't we just like, why don't I just show people like why I think <laughs> And we can just get in the ring and we can, and we can spar. And uh, she said no, because uh, she only fights without a headgear and, and she just didn't want to do it at all she wasn't ready and I we both I know why and she knows why because last time I whooped her ass but <laughs> she didn't want it she didn't want to do it and she's back she won't leave the whole pro thing alone uh-huh. she's pro and she's pro but I mean I could find a piece of paper tomorrow and I could be pro sure. it, it doesn't that doesn't mean anything to me right so, uh, I, yeah, I, I can't stand Ava Knight for the life of me, to be honest. And that was just going to be my next question. That I was going to ask you if it was safe to say that you basically don't like her. Ava Knight will probably be the only person I ever fight who it, it'll be personal. It's not even, it, with Ava Knight, it's not even about boxing. She's just, she's a joke to me. Wow. And anybody who, who knows about women's boxing is like, it's a joke. She, who's known her, it's just, even people... You know who had who saw her in amateurs, know her in amateurs, and then she went pro and was doing good, which is which is good. But um, I still know what kind of fighter she is. I mean, if you take her experience and my experience, I 
I have like six years over her. Wow. So it doesn't have anything to do with pro or amateur. It has sure. to do about boxing, and uh, she won't she won't ever say it out loud. But I'll get to her in a few years. If and when you go pro after Rio, is that definitely a fight you're going to pursue? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I uh, I'm going to go to Rio, and that's always been my main concern. I I was going to get a. a I planned on 100% getting a gold medal in, in London, and then I figured I was going to stop boxing. Mm-hmm. Because I never wanted to go pro. I've never planned on it. I've never wanted to. One, I take boxing too serious to, like, waste my time over, like, you know, $500 a fight. You know, I pocket 6000 on a on a world, like, you know, a world mm-hmm. title. I'm not going to, I don't want to waste. It, it's basically that once you're pro, it's you're a prize fighter. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you fight for a living. There's a lot of professionals that have a cap job, yeah. and, and they fight. They fight for a living. So I just didn't see the point in it. You know, you have to. You really have to play the the sex part a lot in mm-hmm. the pros. You know, you know, you, you have to weigh in the bikinis, and a lot of the guys that are there are just watching. You know, see you when you weigh in. They really take care less how you fight. Mm-hmm. So I really wasn't going for the professional thing, mm-hmm. but it's starting to pick up a little bit. I would say, and um. I'm just gonna like go to Rio, and then I'm gonna have one. I want to have one pro fight, uh, two pro fights if they make me. But I just want to have one pro fight with Ava. If my pro debut could be with Ava, uh, I'd be cool with that. And then I'm just gonna fight that, and then uh, and then I'll be I'll be done with the with the whole pro thing. What, what will you do afterwards? Like, what plans do you have for the future? I, unless something really changes for the professional, uh, as far as women, um, I, I don't I don't see. I don't see the point, mm-hmm. to be honest, because unless, you know, they really change how we're treated, I feel like they will, but I feel like it's not going to happen now. Mm-hmm. If they start doing things differently for us, then I feel like I'm all there. Like, oh, I love boxing. I mean, it's what I do, but I still, you know, I need to go to school. I need to finish school, and that's just, like, a personal goal of mine. I don't want to, like, you know, be 30 with, with, like, no education or anything like that. So that's... That's one of my main goals is to, like, finish school and go to school. I'll probably still stay in the sport and, like, you know, help or run gyms or, or do a lot more for, like, women's boxing, period. Mm-hmm. But I just don't see myself fighting too much in, in the pros because, like I said, unless something changes, and I just don't feel like it, it's a good it's a good look for, for what I'm doing. Sure. I feel like I've put so much into it that they kind of, it's kind of, in some sense, it, gets, it turns into a joke mm-hmm. because we're not... We know we, we put, like you look at, you put all this time and this effort and you train just as hard as, as the guys and you do all this and then you get no TV time. You know, you get no TV time. You, you get basically close to no money. You know, you can't even survive off of what they pay you, but it's what you do. And Boston is the kind of sport where you have to train, you know, two, three times a day. Right. And I feel like it, it, it's a little disrespectful to like our lives, how much we have to put in and we're not even appreciated as a sport to be put on TV. And that's not, it's not really, you know, any person's particular fault. It's just the fact that, you know, people haven't grasped, you know, they don't like watching women yet. Uh, they don't want to waste, you know, $60 on pay-per-view to watch girls fight, which I get. But unless that changes, I just don't think, you know, I, I want to, like, invest so much time in something that I'm not going to reap rewards for. Maybe um, you can be part of that change somehow, you know, uh, maybe go into promotions and um, start something like that. Would you, is that something that yeah, might interest you? Yeah, I really considered it. There's a few 
few ideas that I that I've thought of already. You know, you have to. I think a lot of the pro women they they want a lot of things, but they don't put themselves out there. They should put themselves out there more. Try to try to just do more by themselves. Try to brand themselves. And I think uh, I think the women women's boxes probably gonna have to start like on Netflix. I'm thinking about that. I was thinking if I go pro. That maybe you can like you can buy it on Netflix or start watching it on Netflix to get people more interested or uh, open up the eyes of like society to see that there are a lot of talented girl fighters. I think they think they're gonna be wasting money on on people who aren't talented, and I think people just need to see more of us to appreciate us. And I'm thinking it's probably gonna have to start something small like that. Um, maybe like a, a website that you can like load or or you know like I was saying like Netflix or something to have it shown all the time and then we can move our way up but it's you know like it takes a lot of that takes a lot of time and energy to, sure. to, to get it done sure but that's definitely um, a great idea and, and digital is a way is the way to go um, something like like that like Netflix or even um, something like Hulu or something like that would would do wonders yeah. for the sport you know, you kind of get like a, you get maybe like a cult following at first, and then right. if the quality of of the women boxing is 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 a good quality, you start a fan base like that. Before you know it, it steamrolls and and it's like mainstream, just as big as the men. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely think that that would be probably the way to pursue getting a fan base for women's boxing. And then that way, a lot, a lot more of the promoters will be willing to like invest time, money, and energy on the home fighter because it's a little intimidating for them. I don't blame them because that's a big risk. But I think once the these games are over, a lot of the girls are already going to be pro, mm -hmm. and a lot of them are going to go pro because after the 2012, girls didn't still didn't really go pro that much mm -hmm. because they still know that the pro the pro game isn't really a lot of a lot of times they they invest on or it's not you know. Mm -hmm. the, the amateur girls understand that if you go pro, you know, you're not really making a lot of money. And at least at this point, the good girls or the top-ranked girls at least still get paid and we still get to travel. And we're still promised fights. Mm -hmm. You know, and the professionals, you're not even promised fights. So I think after 20, 2016, I think uh, a lot of the girls are just, are just going to try it out. And then it'll probably uh, be easier to, like, get attention for us. Sure, and, and you'll probably have a nice pool of talent by then, also. Yeah, so. definitely. That's what I think. I think the pool of talent is definitely going to start probably like in probably like 20, 2015, and then the games, and then after the games, whatever, a lot of the girls are going to go pro after that. And there's a lot of really good girls right now from the other countries uh, who are pro, but like I said, a lot of people don't know because we don't get any attention. Yeah, and um, I wanted to ask you, did you watch the uh, Mayweather-Canelo fight? <laughs> yeah, I was so pissed. I was so mad. What did you What did you think of yeah, it? I was so angry. Yeah, no, I, I'm not really usually. You know, I I know what's going on, but I don't talk about it a lot on networks or anything like that because mm -hmm. people always ask me like, who are you going for it? and what are you doing and who do you think? Well, I know a lot of the professional guys, so mm -hmm. if I say something like they're following me and then they'll see so I don't I don't really like to talk about it too much or then I'll get fans who are like get really mad and I have to have discussions and talk about why, why I think that and yeah. I just don't I just don't feel like it so usually I don't talk about what I think uh -huh. but I said I really seriously thought that Nello was going to do way better than that yes. I thought he was going to win I said I thought he was going to win but I knew that was, was slim 
but I thought he was going to do really well. I thought he was at least going to give the Mayweather fans, like, some worries. I thought he was going to make them sweat a little bit, and he did nothing. No. He didn't do anything. He didn't start to try really hard to do breakfast like, the last two rounds. I think he should have tried to get into the pocket a lot more than he did, probably, like, in the seventh, eighth round. I think he should have played, he should have at least tested the waters more than he did in the first five rounds. Mm -hmm. I think he was way too calm. And I was thinking, well, he must know something I don't know because he's way too calm right now. And uh, he just never, he just never did anything. And then he felt like he couldn't catch him. Well, you were, you could have if you, if you would have tried a little bit harder. I mean, who knows what's like by Mayweather, but I just feel like he should have, he should, he just didn't look like he was as explosive as he should have been. I don't think he put his punches together like he should have. He was throwing a, a, you know, a lot of jabs and straight right hands. And uh, I feel like if you're going to want to get to him, you're going to have to throw at least like four or five punches in a row. He wasn't doing that. So I was, I was pretty upset. <laughs> I was pretty mad. I thought... He didn't cut the ring off at all, and, and he just gave Mayweather room to move around at free will. I, I thought he had a really good chance. I thought he was going to impose his size and weight on a smaller guy, and I didn't see any of that e either. I was let down. I was, yeah, I, was I, I thought Canelo. he was going to make him uncomfortable, but he gave him. He was not. He was aggressive, but in like a passive way. Yeah. So yep. like he he should have been a, he should have been like full throttle aggressive, not aggressive for a little bit and then not like he. That's the wrong. That's the total opposite. Either you're not aggressive or you're overly aggressive with Bayweather. But you can't be right in the middle because that's exactly where he wants you to be, is right in the middle. Right in the middle. So, yeah. I thought he was going to challenge yeah. the body, too. A lot of guys make mistakes and they go headhunting with Mayweather. And you got to break down those legs and work the body there. So you slow him down. I'm not a Mayweather fan. I don't dislike the guy. I kind of respect what he does and his style and his whole brand. He has this big thing about being undefeated, but... You're only as good as the competition you face. And a tendency that I think, in my opinion, that Mayweather does is he fights guys that are either on their way out or aren't there yet. I mean, he did it with Mosley. Mosley wanted to fight him six, seven years ago, and Mayweather wanted no part of it. And he, he fought him once May, once Mosley was, was a lot older. You know? Yeah, no, I agree. Cotto, the same thing. Cotto wanted this fight. When, when they fought, he wanted to fight him same thing eight nine years ago when Cotto fought Mosley way back when and Mayweather wanted no part of it so he took these guys on when Cotto was damaged goods from that huge horrible beating he took from Margarito years ago so but, yeah no I agree I feel like he he does he thinks in, in ways way too much I think like boxing isn't like you're not supposed to choose when you fight I think you know, like, if you're, if you're a competitor and someone else is a competitor and they're good and you're in your weight, then you should have the choice to, like, wait it out and see what's going on and see, you know, watch them fight a few times and see what's going on and then decide to fight them. I think he, he shouldn't be able to do that, but that's exactly what he does. I don't think he's a... And even when Mosley fought him, like, gave him a hard time and Mosley wasn't even, like, 100%. Mosley wasn't even, like, at his prime. So I feel like he only gets away with things because he picks the people where he knows he can't lose. Right. So I was more excited about Penelope because Penelope was young, and I feel like he would have been smarter than that. But it, honestly, like, it looked like he didn't even have good sparring partners. I don't know who he was sparring, but it was obviously the wrong people. Because he, was, he didn't look good. I heard they had trouble finding sparring partners, so that, uh -oh. that could have contributed. It was painful to watch 
and uh, it <laughs> wasn't fun at all. I don't know, maybe there'll be somebody out there that can give this guy um, a good beating. Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. I, don't, I think he'll probably retire. He has, what, four fights left on his contract? The, How many does he have left? Right, four fights left. Four there, fights left on his contract? There's g good guys out there. I don't know if you know Mike Alvarado. I think he's a guy that no one speaks about too much, but I think he would maybe give him some good competition. Maybe even Danny Garcia. I don't know if you saw that fight, Danny Garcia and Lucas Matisse. Yeah, oh my God. Danny, Danny shocked me, like, big time with that one. Yeah, I, I, that's why I was, I wasn't upset about that because I, I like, I love Danny. He's, like, I've won him to the amateurs, so I'm, you know, I'm really good friends with him, and I, I wanted him to win. I just didn't think he was going to win. So when he won, I was happy that he won. I wasn't mad about it, but it really surprised me because I didn't think that he was going to do that. But he, on the other hand, had a really good game plan, not like Canelo. So he knew that he couldn't sit there. I mean, he's boxed the entire time, and he knew what he was doing. And he knew how to win, and he was just lucky that he was able to do it. You know, obviously, my he needed to be flat. He needed to be flat-footed to throw. He needed to be grounded to throw. He couldn't just throw. Yeah. So he was lost. Yeah. So I think uh, Danny had a really good game plan. I just don't think Danny could could win with, you know, Mayweather. I think, uh, honestly, like I said, we're talking boxing. Danny got really lucky with with with, with his knockout with Amir Khan, and and he like closes his eyes and just wings and like <laughs> and then he, he lands. And I mean, he he closes his eyes and he just throws like hail Mary, like praying to God, like let it land, and then oh shit, they land, and he hits hard. That everybody knows, but it's, I just don't think, like, technically that he, he's on that level. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with you. It's got to be some sort of, like, divine luck or something because, yeah, when he fought Khan, I was rooting for Danny. I'm not a big fan of Khan. And it just came out of nowhere, and it, it hit him right in the neck. I don't know if you remember that punch. And it just yeah. messed him up bad. And it, it was almost like a lucky punch. I, he, he closed his eyes and just swung for the sky and, and landed right right where he needed to land and it's almost like he finds a way to get out you know he didn't look so great either against Zab Judah and uh oh yeah and Zab yeah, Judah's an, yeah Zab Judah was yeah. an old you know he's old already he's he's been around a long time you know it's it's like a little bit of luck so yeah he, he, he has a bunch of luck bro and, and uh I mean I love it I love him winning he looks it's funny because I've never really had that kind of fighter where you know I get surprised when they win but I'm glad that they won I'm glad he wins. Like, I really am. I'm on his side. But he's, every time, he shocks the shit out of me. I'm like, there's no way. I thought there was no way. I, I, hon I, I honestly thought that he wasn't going to make it past the third round. The yeah, I thought the same thing. I thought, I thought Matisse was too sharp. I thought that he was just going to, you know, be too aggressive, too strong, just do everything too quick. Because Danny is a little slow sometimes. He has a, he has a slurry. Mm -hmm. He has decent speed. But I think with someone who's always quick, you know, it's not it's not the same. And uh, yeah, he surprised me. But he had a, he had a really good game plan. He took off. I didn't think Danny was going to do that. I've never seen you know uh, Danny fight like that. Yeah. He's always you know pretty aggressive. But he had a game plan. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't there to play around. He was there to win. <laughs> obviously, because he knew what he was doing. So yeah. Uh, so now, can you tell us where everyone can follow you on Twitter? Give us your t Twitter name and Instagram yeah. so that uh, my uh, my Twitter handle is Marlene uh, One Twelve Boxing. So it's my name, my weight class, and my sport. And then uh, my Instagram is Marlene Underscore Esparza, 
and I have a fan page for Facebook, but I don't know how you get there. It's just my name. This is my other part. I don't have all my web pages under construction right now because I'm changing uh, public relations. Okay. So uh, we're changing everything up. I want to thank you for taking the time from your busy schedule to speak to us. You're a pleasure to talk to. You have a great story, and I think uh, the fans are going to hear a different side of you that maybe they haven't heard before. Um, it, it was a lot of fun. I'd love to interview you as we get closer to the Olympics. We're happy to, to have you. Oh, well, thank you. And thank, well, thanks for having me on. And definitely I'll interview again. You know how to reach me. So um, thanks for having me.